0: Your family are the people that are going to show up and be present, and sometimes they're not blood-related. In this
1: episode, you will hear from Evie, HR advisor, and Danielle, senior program coordinator, as they share their experience of homelessness and food insecurity.
0: At 16 years old, I was faced with needing to make a decision to leave a very volatile and toxic environment in my familial home. And I witnessed a lot of really hard things. I was sharing the experience with my best friend, Mary. When they heard about these experiences, they had some immense concern about the environment I was in. One day, I was in my room and I packed two boxes. I don't even remember what was in those boxes. (laughs) I don't even remember what I thought at 16 years old I needed. I don't even have any of those belongings anymore, but I got the first box out and a friend of mine was at the end of the driveway. And I remember vividly my heart beating a million miles a minute. And I was really scared that I was going to get caught. I went back and got the second box and was able to get that box, get in the car. And I remember us driving away thinking that I would be pursued or that something would happen and nothing did. No one ever came to look for me. I ended up staying with that friend for two weeks. I remember thinking I didn't have anything and I didn't have a home, but I was so grateful for my friends stepping in to support me. And I remember Their parents made mac and cheese and they piled a bunch of pepper on it. I was so excited about that. I was different. The parent had brought tennis shoes and gave them to me. And I remember thinking, wow, they don't even know me really. And in the act of kindness, even as a teenager, I was very touched and so grateful that they were providing me with a roof over my head and with the basic necessities from there, moved in with my friend Mary and her mom, Kathy, and stayed with them until I barely graduated from high school.
1: I was born in Watts, Los Angeles. My father is white and my mother is black. When they were married, it was actually against the law in many states in this country. And I didn't have any civil rights when I was born. Didn't get civil rights until I was one year old and my parents' marriage, I think, became legal maybe four years later. When we did get food stamps, I just felt so ashamed with those paper food stamps that I just always promised I'm never going to buy my groceries with food stamps. I just didn't want to feel that way again. And it's terrible that people made us feel ashamed, but they did. They would stare at us and they would make sounds and say, Don't you have any money? Can't you afford your groceries? I just felt. Terrible as a small child. We just didn't always know where food was coming from. Sometimes we had food, sometimes we didn't. Sometimes it was awful. And I always just thought I was skinny because I was a picky eater, but then we moved. My father thought it'd be better to move to the country for my mother's mental health, but we got called the N word there. We were picked on. My sisters and I have suffered from significant racism. And because of my parents, I became pretty much the mom to my three younger sisters when I was 14. My dad didn't have a job. We didn't have access to health care. My teeth were rotted out and broken. So in high school, you look at a few pictures and I'm not smiling because I was embarrassed. I couldn't go to the dentist. My father, one day, I was a junior in high school, said, I can't pay the rent. I don't know what's going to happen to you. And that's what he told me. Somehow my mother showed up. She'd been living in her car in Southern California and she rented two motel rooms using her disability check. But my sister that I'm closest to in age went in foster care. I didn't because I knew somebody had to take care of my younger sisters. Didn't trust my mother to do that. She wasn't reliable. Sometimes she would just be gone. I actually asked a friend of mine who graduated from high school who was 18 to come help me so I could go to school. There were no safety nets for teenagers. I was a senior in high school. I worked really hard in school. I knew the only way I could support myself was to go to college. So that's what I was completely focused on. Of course, in addition to taking care of my sisters, cooking them dinner, giving them their baths and all of that. But then when I was a senior, my mother said she was gonna move to Long Beach and take my other sisters and there was no place for me. I asked my friend, Julie from high school, if I could stay with her and her family and graduate, and her parents were both teachers, and they said yes. I slept on the floor in a mattress in her room. That summer, though, I didn't have anywhere to go, and I was 17. I had actually called social work to see if I could go into foster care, and they said, 17, you're too old. People wonder why kids are on the street. There's nowhere for them to go. I'd been a motel maid, and could spell. So I got a job as a file clerk. I rented a room, actually, not even the room. I rented a mattress in the living room of a woman's apartment. I've been on my own since I was 17. I literally took myself to college in a broken down car with no insurance and no registration. People talk about teenagers and how hard it is, but to be homeless as a teenager is terrible without my friends. I don't know where I would have been.
0: When I was starting to live with my friend and her mom, I remember vividly sitting on a picnic table at night. And I remember thinking and praying, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to survive? How am I going to take care of myself? At 16 years old, I worked at McDonald's. That was one of my first jobs. And it was really hard work. I remember wondering with that survival component, how I'm going to self sustain, how I'm going to graduate through school. And you talk about being skinny. I was quite skinny in high school. And I remember people making comments all the time about that. I was relying on the goodness of other people to provide food for me. When I was in school, I didn't have any money. And so, I would eat what I was able to eat, and that would generally be just chips and maybe a drink because I could afford that. I also was not able to purchase things like a yearbook or any of those items because I just simply could afford it, and I didn't want to ask for it from my friend's family either. I leaned on my network that I grew. People talk about who's your family your family are the people that are going to show up and be present. And sometimes they're not blood related. And that was the case for me. I came across really good people. One of the things that I think has been really difficult moving from 16 years old and and getting older are the holidays, by the graces of other people inviting me over. Otherwise I didn't go anywhere. I mean, I think about who are the people that supported you during your journey. It's what I call guardian angels. I had an incredible aunt that was in California that let me stay with her for a little while after I graduated high school. I did connect with my mom. I didn't share that aspect, but when I was little, she left and was not in my life. My journey has been kind of this like twists of these roads. I moved 26 times by the time I was 26. So Mm -hmm. I never had roots anywhere. Rochester was the place that I landed I had to learn to function in high levels of stress all the time to survive. I continued to function in high levels of stress to survive, to make sure I can sustain my children and I provide shelter. And that is my biggest fear is losing my home.
1: Yes, I absolutely hear you, Danielle. When I graduated from college, even I'd spent my last year as an exchange student and I had nowhere to go. My college roommate let me stay with her till I could get a job and get an apartment. I used to think that every person who goes through trials and tribulations could do what I did. You just have to persevere, work hard, manage through the stress, be a motel mate, move, do whatever you need to do to support yourself. But a lot of people can't. All of my major decisions have always been based on economic security. I majored in business economics instead of history. If I would had a family or a place to live, I would have majored in history. I didn't have that luxury. When my ex-husband was kind of flaky, we had a little boy. I had to support him. So I went to a top 20 business school as the only single mother. And it was hard. No question. <laughs> If other students would say, how are you even doing this? And I just start crying. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> and um 80% men and uh, very few black people, which has just always been my life. I've always had to deal with micro and macro inequities on top of everything else because of that great education. I've been able to work for top companies. I specifically went to work for them for the money. It wasn't like, oh, I love what they did. It was to make sure my son could have everything I didn't have and never have to worry about anything. I bought my first little house in St. Louis Park, my little two-bedroom, one-bath house. And I used to just lie on the floor and cry and say, it's my." I've also was able to be an example for my two youngest sisters who both have master's degrees from UCLA. And able to support themselves as well. But my sister that I'm closest to in age, she lives in San Francisco in a a motel. There are many safety nets for people in San Francisco now. I have had an amazing life. I'm so grateful for it. Uh, Been to Shanghai, Tokyo, lived in England, Germany. Most people assume that I had everything growing up, but it's an act.
0: Right, it's a cover.
1: It's truly a cover. I've worked in these places where people just assume you had the same thing. Or my parents took the kids for vacations. I've never had that. People assume that everyone has the same backgrounds. And I wish that people realized in our own country that 60% of us will spend at least one year of our lives in poverty. We won't have enough. And 11 million children
0: go hungry every day. When we think about that. I think it's our duty as a society to question and inquire and really look into why children are experiencing this. When we think about who supported you during that time, and I think about my experience in life and when we talk about what do we believe in or did faith get us through? For me, it was kindness. Kindness is my religion. It's my core value. It's where I go to when I need to reflect on what I need to do and how I need to move forward. And I was able to observe those values from my grandparents. At about eight years old, we started living with our grandparents and we were with them till we were 14. And I'm so grateful to them because I did experience what a home, a healthy nuclear home Mm -hmm. would look like. And I feel like having that lens gives me insight and value on how I operate in my own home. Unfortunately, my grandmother passed away right after I graduated from high school. She did get to see me graduate. That was devastating because she was my champion. She was my hero and my grandfather too. They showed me what healthy love looked like.
1: Mm.
0: And that is something that I actively working on because I never really, have unpacked the trauma that I experienced at 16 years old Mm -hmm. and the high functioning stress that I have to endure daily from that age to now. Mm -hmm. However, with that said, I am so grateful to be employed at Mayo Clinic. When I started at Mayo Clinic, I remember walking into the huge building and I was amazed at the magnitude and the essence of what Mayo Clinic was and is, putting the needs of the patient first, and they really take care of their employees. Because I've worked at Mayo Clinic, I was able to put myself through school. No one else did it for me. And now I'm in my job, which is my passion work in taking care of people, because I needed that growing up. And I want to make sure that everybody has that.
1: I get to work by choice Mm -hmm. because I want to, which is like so liberating and freeing.
0: I want to get to that. I still have to survive and I'm still surviving even challenged right now. And I, I can't wait to get to a point where I feel like I could truly feel free. If there is anybody out there that has experienced the same, my door is open. Oftentimes many of us have hidden and I don't think we need to hide it. Not a lot of people know my experience in life. I remember being so fearful about sharing my story and the judgment that I would experience. Knowing what I've experienced through kindness initiatives and working with nonprofits in the community and witnessing others that have been challenged and that are trying to survive. I want people to keep going, to keep pushing through, and that it will get better and ask for help. If there's anything that i recognized was that I could count on myself, that I could do it. Reflect on
1: this conversation. It takes each one of us to create a safe and supportive environment.
0: Reach out to friends and colleagues to hear their story or consider sharing yours with them.